And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. It's showtime. This is the Bold Nonsense Podcast. We might as well have a good time. drop-in money and broadcast school has really paid off at still smooth productions <laughs> oh big golf huh all right well see you later and the man you know as the smartest idiot in the world i think cerveza in a can is probably the greatest invention besides yoga pants and chipotle at st bales Welcome in, everybody. Welcome in, friends. This is the Bold Nonsense Podcast on the Bold Nonsense Podcast Network. The full thing. This is the flagship show, as we like to call it. Uh, The Bold Nonsense Podcast, that means the red light is on. The red light means stop thinking. Get a little senseless with us. Throw that thing in neutral. I think it's down to like a six, uh, I believe, is kind of where the recommendation is throw it down to a five or a six and let's have a good time just talking some sports it is 12 4 2020 and this is episode 138 let's get right into it i'm matt walsh disney happiest host on earth and i will be the only one here this week one is the loneliest number that you'll ever do um, it's been a couple of weird weeks with Thanksgiving, and then I feel like this has been like the longest break uh, we've taken in a long time, even though we did do a Thanksgiving week episode. Hope you like that. Hope you like the intro. But with how long the NFL week went, and with the holiday, and... You know, Smooth Smooth won't be here. He wasn't able to be here last week. And we also didn't do an NFL reaction show this week. We couldn't get that done. Uh, Just like scheduling stuff and things going on in people's lives. You know, around the holidays, it gets harder. But we're trying to give you as much as we can. And it seems like it's been a big break. So super excited to be back. But with no Smooth, we're not going to have it on this date. We will not do random thoughts. You know how I feel about that, doing it by myself. Sound like a crazy person, and I don't always like that. So we won't do random thoughts, but I must say, next week, when we do random thoughts, I've got some stuff cooking. I've got some great things to bring you on random thoughts. Some just from my own head, some from experiences outside, uh, you know, of my own head, and things from sent in from senseless members that are going to be amazing. That's going to be so much fun to talk about. We'll probably hit random thoughts pretty, pretty hard next week is what I'm betting, and I'm hoping we get more into a regular schedule next week as well. Hopefully this week, you know, we've got a Tuesday game. Hopefully that happens. We've got a Tuesday game. But next week, I hope we get 
back to the routine and back to getting you guys the content that you are ready for every weekend. But like I say, no on this date, no random thoughts, but, but last week we didn't do trivia, couldn't skip it two weeks in a row. We got to get you that answer. Got to get you the answer to, to, to a couple weeks ago's question and get you a new one to, to ponder on for this week. Let's get to trivia now. Trivia! Trivia! <laughs> trivia, baby! Oh. <laughs> Welcome back to Jeopardy. Gonna make that your final answer? You think you're pretty smart, don't you, Trebek? Trivia. Okay, this was what? Episode 137. It wasn't last... No. Episode 136's question because it wasn't last week's it was the week before that we asked you who was the first player to go straight into the nba from high school kind of a big move especially when you start to think about that the nba is planning on bringing this move back in the next couple of seasons i believe it's like by 2022 or 2023 at the latest is when they want to have it where players can go straight from high school to the NBA, which I think is genius. I think it'll fix college basketball. I think it'll help the NBA. And yes, I do think there'll be some casualties, such as life. Uh, and then it'll, it'll all get figured out. Um, so here we go. Who was the first player to go straight into the NBA from high school? That answer is Daryl the Chocolate Thunder Dawkins. Daryl Dawkins was the first player to do it. Uh, it had some offers to go to college. I mean, college was kind of, uh, it was different back then. Uh, people went to a lot of smaller schools, uh, stuck closer to home. Um, and that didn't hurt their careers at all. It wasn't like, oh, you went to a small school, you can't play in the NBA. Back then, they would find people from anywhere. So Daryl Dawkins, he needed to take care of his family, and he just decided to, to skip all that and thought he could go straight to the NBA, and he played in a bunch of different leagues, but also, of course, I mean, he was Chocolate Thunder. He was known for breaking backboards. He was Shaq before Shaq. Um, and, yeah, he set a trend. He set a trend, and hopefully that'll come back. But I want to get to this week's question. Which is the oldest NFL stadium? Very, very straightforward. Which is the oldest NFL stadium? I actually can't wait to talk to you about this uh, on 139. Episode 139, give you that answer. That'll be a fun conversation. And uh, so that's what you got to think about on for the next week, which is the oldest NFL stadium. Now, let's get you some things to think about and things that we've been thinking about for the past week, and that is in the news. I've just been handed an urgent news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is the fucking news. News, 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 news. We're news too. Only news told much later. See the game last night? Which game? Any of them. Passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. Fantastic. I am so sorry. Someone put the story in all capital letters, and I, I thought I was supposed to yell it. Gotta start in the NFL this week. Just one story in the NFL. The 49ers getting booted out of California. See you later. Go on down to Arizona. Go see our boy Bales down in Arizona. Have fun playing down there. Basically, where the Niners are located in California, 
that area is in the strictest of strict protocols. Um, people not allowed to leave their houses except for very specific reasons. I will let you decide uh, how you feel about that. You know, whoever you people got different different opinions. I will let you hash that one out on your own. I will say though, this is a raw deal for the 49ers. Just talking sports here. This is rough. I mean, uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan today said that he is hoping that his team leaders and all of the teammates on the 49ers will watch out for their fellow teammates and specifically watch each other's backs on their mental health. So you're going down there. You're going from this terrible situation that was already hard for everybody. The the how strict it is. I mean, you've got people in the NFL at certain levels that aren't even living at home already. So you've got people that are are renting hotel rooms and they're living there away from their families just to make sure that they can do their jobs, provide for those families, and and that they you know the current coronavirus stays the hell out but this the for, for the 49ers it's got it's become even more difficult they've got to move they've got to be down there Kyle Shanahan's already said you know you're not having Christmas with your families just accept it and that's a that's a very difficult situation I mean it's made a, a difficult situation of a very difficult situation um and so you got to feel for the 49ers most in the NFL, it's like, oh, no excuses. And for whatever reason, fans of the NFL, because that's a thing in the NFL, no excuses is a, is a big part of the NFL. And they get paid a lot of money. I would assume that's a, a major factor. It becomes this thing where it's like, oh, well, well, they just got to deal with it. They make a good amount of money and there's no excuses in the NFL. But it, I mean, they're still human beings and they got to try and do this and they have to reinvent their lives at least for the next you know couple months again all of us have had to had to do it but they've had to do it then they had to do it again to try and at least get this nfl season in then they now they've had to had to do it again and each step keeps getting harder um so you feel you feel for them yeah i think you do I, I will say on the flip side of that i think the 49ers have a pretty cool opportunity to make this a very unforgettable year for the players and the the people on that staff and in that organization when you're down there by yourself um i mean and some of this depends on their sharing field of facilities with the cardinals so some of this also depends on how cool are the cardinals but they have a very cool opportunity to make this the one of the closest teams of all time i mean when you can't get away from each other those things that you can do like i talked about christmas and how they probably won't be able to go away they probably won't be able to be with their families so people are going to want to do their things but i'm hoping the 49ers take this as an opportunity to uh in my head i'm envisioning if again if cardinals allow hopefully they do hopefully they're cool about it uh, you walk into the, this Cardinal Stadium and the, the the grass can be pulled away and you've got this huge long table with a freaking Harry Potter Great Hall feast sitting on there ready, ready for the whole team. I think that would be a really cool thing that uh, most of those players would not forget in a difficult year would definitely make it easier and uh, 
brighten up their those days a little bit. So they have opportunities to do things like that. Um, you know, Arizona, you'd think golf outings, stuff like that. Um, that could be pretty fun. So, you know, there's two sides to it. Hopefully they make the best out of the situation and hopefully nothing gets more difficult for them because they're already living, living in the most difficult circumstances, at least in the NFL. Let's move to the NBA, though, where we've had a lot of stuff happen. Had to boil it down. Had to boil it down to to the big stuff, just like we had to do a couple weeks ago, smoothing me. So what we'll do is we'll talk about the biggest one first. How about the Rockets getting John Wall and a first rounder and the Washington Wizards getting Russell Westbrook? Wizards? Bullets? What are they now? Wizards. They get Russell Westbrook. I have heard a lot of people saying that the Rockets really lost out on this. And I can definitely see their point. I don't think it's as bad as everybody's saying, though. Sometimes you give up the talent of the player for the fit of the franchise. I think John Wall probably fits in there a little bit better than Russell Westbrook did. <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to work in Houston. I just still don't think it works. But this will be better than the Russell Westbrook experiment in Houston. I see a lot of I see pretty much two Rockets teams happening. There will be the fast break Rockets led by John Wall. Where, you know, he gets a rebound, he gets a quick outlet, and they go. And James Harden will probably be trailing for threes most of the time on that one. And that'll be one part of their offense. And the other one will be John Wall gets the outlet, runs it up, fast break doesn't work. He pulls it out, he gives it to James Harden, everybody watches. You know, the Rockets were used to for the past however many since Harden got there. So I think we'll we'll see that. Do I see that leading to success? I see it leading to where the Rockets have been for a while now. Bottom part of the playoffs. And maybe make a run for a series. Maybe. I don't see that with this team. Um, but I, I think they're in that range. Their very, very high range is winning a series in the playoffs. The low range is not making it. I don't think they'll be one of the worst teams in the NBA. I think they'll be fighting for that playoff spot. Their low range would be not making it, not winning that fight for that playoff spot. Washington-wise, I I don't think much has changed here. They got a guy who's higher energy, maybe a little bit more professional, but has basically the same game. I don't, th- I, don't, I don't see any more success for Washington from this trade. I see this, the exact same thing happening. And that's kind of why I don't really get it. This is, to me, screams an organization that doesn't know what they are, what they're doing, or what their problems are. It's spending a lot of money to be two wins, three wins, at best, five wins better. And that's not... It's not going to get you anywhere. 
So I don't, I don't, I actually think the Rockets, if, if all goes well from this trade, the Rockets have the higher end than, the, than Washington does. I would say they won the trade if I had to choose a winner. For me, I think they both got what they, something that they wanted, kind of a reset, but it's a reset with basically the same piece. You know, if you're thinking about chess, it, they're both rooks just on different sides of the board and you swapped them. They do the same thing. Uh, to, to choose your preference on which rook you want, I guess. Uh, let's move on, though. Let's get to forwards. The forward position, getting paid a bunch of money. How about Anthony Davis signing a max contract with the Lakers, five years, $190 million. Uh, to be expected. To be expected. I, I, I don't think anybody thought Anthony Davis was going to go anywhere after the success that they had. And he's in the perfect position right now. He just gets to play basketball. And and this is going to sound too harsh, but ride coattails. And that doesn't mean that he's not contributing, but he doesn't have to facilitate. He doesn't have to lead. He doesn't have to be the aggressor, which is not what he wants. He wants to be led. He wants to be pulled that way. And that... that there's nothing wrong with that. That that leads to success, and he's getting, making opportunities for himself. But uh, he's in the perfect spot, and I never thought he'd leave. Lakers are going to be good. I think we all realize that. And then a couple other forwards, smaller forwards, getting paid. Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, and Brandon Ingram all got paid in the last couple of weeks. Five years, all of them. Uh, between 158 to 195 million dollars, all pretty much max contracts. There, Brandon Ingram's being the 158, Donovan Mitchell's being the 195, and Jason Tatum being in the middle, closer to Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I think those are showing the importance of that position. If you can find a true three, I think that right now that's the hardest position to find in basketball. A true dominating Donovan Mitchell, a little bit smaller, probably more of a, you know, he's a 2-3, but um, can swing down to the 1. But he kind of fits in the same mold and plays more like the other two. But if you can find this position, it's so valuable, so versatile. And getting a good one, you keep a good one. Unless you're the Lakers, but they had a guy uh, that was coming in. That's a lot better than Brandon Ingram. They traded Brandon Ingram for LeBron. So uh, I think they're going to be fine with that. Uh, And then the last NBA story I wanted to talk about is one that's very near and dear to the heart. It's Joe Kim Noah is likely to retire. And I couldn't be any happier. I'm so glad this joke of a person is out of the NBA. So sick of looking not only at his face, but at his basketball game. And mostly after screaming every time he does remotely anything. I mean, there's never been somebody that is more self-congratulatory than Joe Kim Noah. It's ridiculous. And it was obnoxious and it was stupid and he's never been that good. And everybody that said he was was wrong. This guy was, at best, a middling player and somebody I cannot wait to forget. Had to end on that one. 
God, that was cathartic. All right, let's go to college. Let's go to college football. And something I want to talk about is rankings talk. This does not make me angry like Joachim Noah's face. Uh, this actually makes me very happy. It is something I enjoy uh, talking about. I enjoy going through all the scenarios. College, the college football rankings came out, and those kind of the, honestly, it was blindsiding. Uh, to to be honest, I just felt like college football was kind of putting along, didn't start that long ago, and bang, we have the rankings are coming out. We're talking about the 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 playoff for playoff spots. People's seasons are almost over. It's incredible. I, just, I feel like it came out of nowhere. Um, but I'll, first, I'll give you some rankings: Alabama at number one, Notre Dame at number two. Clemson at number three, Ohio State four, Texas A&M at five, Florida at six, then it's seven, eight, nine, ten are Cincinnati, Georgia, Iowa State, and Miami. Really, to me, this comes down to, I think it's no more than a six-team, and that is the top six, a six-team race, possibly a five-team race. So you've got, uh, basically here's how it breaks down. Alabama hasn't lost, hasn't lost. Notre Dame has not lost, but, and this is, they have two games left. Basically they've got Syracuse and this is, uh, possibly happening as, as you're listening to this on Saturday. They have Syracuse, Syracuse, not great. They should win that one. If they do, then they have most likely Clemson. In the ACC championship, which will be on the 19th. And if they beat Syracuse, the only team that they could possibly lose to would be Clemson with Trevor Lawrence after already beating Clemson. I think in that scenario, they basically have house money. Does not matter. They beat Syracuse. To me, they're in. Clemson, if they beat, I think they have Virginia Tech, they're in. Alabama, in. So those three, I think, are locked as long as Clemson and Notre Dame both win this weekend. Ohio State only has played four games. This is going to get tricky. And here's where it gets a little bit convoluted. So Texas A&M has one loss. They're at five. They've only lost to Alabama, who is at one. And this is uh, basically this whole premise is these teams stay one-loss teams. Texas A&M, Florida, and, uh, and then it'll be Ohio State, who hasn't lost, but has only played four games. So Texas A&M, their only loss, say they win out, they end up with one loss. They've only lost to Alabama. Florida is right behind them at six, right behind Texas A&M at six. They're seven and one. Their only loss is to Texas A&M. So there's a lot of kind of... Uh, feasting on each other. Clemson's only lost to Notre Dame, obviously. Those are the one-loss teams, Clemson, Texas A&M, and Florida, in the top six. So I think you can eliminate Florida because if Texas A&M loses, or or Florida can't lose, but if Texas A&M loses, I think they'll just keep Ohio State. If Texas Texas A&M wins out and Ohio State only gets one Two more games in, they're six and zero, and Texas A and M is eight or eight or nine and one, and have only lost to Alabama, who's an undefeated number one team. I think they jump Ohio State. 
So really, I think that last spot comes down to Ohio State and Texas A&M. Keep a lookout for them, and that'll be your number four. They're going to want Ohio State, obviously, with just who Ohio State is, but they've got to get games in, and I don't know how in this year you can reward a team who's not getting games in above a team who's getting all their games in and has only lost to the number one team in the country, the consensus number one. That'll be a very interesting look. It's something that I... I super enjoy talking about and I love debating. So if you have strong thoughts on this, if you disagree with what I'm saying, that it's basically a five-team race, three are locked in, so basically it's down to Ohio State and Texas A&M. If you disagree with that, go ahead, hit me up, let me know. Uh, you know where to find us, bold underscore it on uh, Twitter and bold dot nonsense on Instagram. Did I say bold? I don't know what I said. Bold underscore nonsense on Twitter. I feel like I said it wrong, so I'm going to say it again. Bold underscore nonsense on Twitter. Bold dot nonsense on Instagram. Go ahead, hit us up, and let's let's talk. Because, uh, you know, we love to just talk sports. That's why we do this. But I just wanted to break down a little bit of the college football rankings. Now we'll move on to the NHL, which has a really... The NHL, last before their last season, before this whole COVID thing, they had some of the coolest stories for us to talk about that uh, we've ever had on here. And this is another, I think, really cool one. The NHL is... Looking for, they have many teams that are looking for outdoor places for them to play. Basically, their thinking is, is uh, the the being indoors with a lot of people is is a difficult part. If they can get outdoors, then they can have people. Obviously, social distance, blah blah blah, um, limited crowds, but they can have more. They can have crowds. They can even have maybe maybe a little bit more people uh, because it'll be outside and it'll be less dangerous that way. Um, I think that's genius. I I just love the idea of this. And, and when I first read this story, I thought it would be so cool. I got this image in my head of this outside game, cold, the the frozen, frozen ice in the middle of this arena. I know Boston's looking at playing at Fenway Park. And it, so you take Fenway and how cool that would look with, you know, the fans there, outside, cold, winter. If it's a clear night, you got the stars above you. I, I, I just I love that look. I know they do an outside game every year, and I've always thought that it, it looks so cool and is so old school. Uh, I love this idea. I think it would really look awesome uh, and provide a cool aesthetic. For, for some of these games. And I gotta say, I'm actually rooting for this idea. I hope it happens. Uh, and also, especially like in California, hopefully, you know, by this time, I know they're starting, the NHL is looking to start in mid-January-ish. So you, we've only got a month, but hopefully things get better and maybe being outside helps them a little bit to get to play, get to play in their home state. So, or their team's home state. But that is the news, and now I just want to get to one thing and a winner. I only got one thing to say to you. Who do you think you are? I am. You had one job. Just the one. Because I'm here. This is bullshit. So you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Just one thing. You stick to that and everything else don't mean shit. 
I hope I win. One thing and a winner. Here we go. So we are actually going to, so this is right after week 12. It's week 13, before week 13. So we should be doing the three-quarter season poll, the updated results for one thing and a winner. However, like I've said before, it is a big week for us when we do when we reveal these. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to punt it till next week when Smooth is back and what we'll call it is the post three-quarter season poll results. We'll just do that. We'll just say it's after week 12. We're, po- we're beyond the three-quarter way point. So we'll, we'll, that's what we'll do it. So uh, we'll, we'll do that next week. Make sure you tune in for that because that'll be a lot of fun just to know where people are are at. Um, I think we've set up some bets. I think we've set up some bets. I actually... these I know Smooth owes me a beer. Smooth and I, I don't know if Bales jumped in. We texted about it, but he was at work. Smooth and I definitely had a beer bet, a gentleman's beer bet, on the match. I went ahead and I took Phil and I took Charles and, and I put that anchor right on my belt, Sir Charles. And I I carried it. Well, actually, Phil carried it for me. But I went ahead and put my name on there. And Smooth took a, a Stephen Payton and Steph played terribly. And Charles played Good enough. Phil played like he does. Amazing. Especially compared with some amateurs. So I'm out of beer by that idiot. And we'll probably do some similar type of beer bet stuff with one thing and a winner. So make sure you tune in next week for the post three quarter season poll results. But this week, let's get to it with last week's week 12 results. The first week of 16 games in a long time, and we didn't do we didn't do very too poorly at all. We actually did pretty well. If you were to bet our picks, you would be making money because Bales and the captain both went 11 and five and were third and fourth respectively last week. Smooth 12 and four, and myself was 13 and three. So great weeks from everybody all around. Hopefully, you use our picks for some betting if you're a gambling type. If you're a degenerate, let's be honest about it. And if you are, you fit right in here. You fit right in. Welcome to the senseless community. Bunch of degenerates just picking games, betting money. We love it. Let's get to week 13. There's 15 games this week. Two teams on by. That'd be the Bucks and the Panthers. Uh, And so here we go. And I'll probably throw in, we didn't get to do an NFL reaction show, so I'll probably throw in some NFL reaction show type stuff on some teams, not all of them. But let's go to Saints 9-2 at Falcons 4-7. This is kind of a dangerous one for us. You know, the unknown commodity of uh, Taysom Hill in the Falcons getting to play the Saints two times in three weeks. It's always hard to beat a team twice in football, so we don't really care. We're all going to take the Saints anyway. Uh, For me personally, you know, last week, Taysom Hill didn't throw a lot, 78 yards passing, blah, blah, blah. But basically, and they admitted this, once they knew the Broncos didn't have a quarterback, they didn't care about doing 
stuff. They just wanted to run and get the ball uh, get out. That's why Latavius Murray had a lot more yards and more carries than he did in previous weeks. They, they turned into a power run team. And that's totally fine. I, but I still think that Taysom Hill has he's got ability. And I don't think the Falcons. You can only scheme so much. At some point, you got to have talent. And the Saints have more talent. And I think that this week, they're going to put what they're... Look out for this, because this is what I think is going to happen. I'll talk a little bit about it in fantasy football. But I think Alvin Kamara comes back. And I think they do something very specific with Alvin Kamara to help him get back in this offense. And I think what that thing is is they're going to put him right in Taysom Hill's face. Not that he's going to throw a lot of short passes, you know, he's going to be doing a bunch of screens, but Drew Brees, think about the Alvin Kamara route. It's gone a little better this year, but he started his career with a bunch of option routes on linebackers, mostly to the 5-10 to yard depth on the right side, and Drew Brees was great at it. Taysom Hill tends to throw more to the left and deeper downfield. So I think what they'll do is they'll put Alvin Kamara... They'll probably about that 10-yard area, but they'll put put him more on the left. They'll run him across the middle a little bit more, uh, streaking across linebackers instead of getting linebackers with stopped feet to put him right in Taysom Hill's eye line to try and get Alvin Kamara back in the offense. That's what I think they try and do. And so we all take the Saints in the, as the winners over the Falcons. Browns, 8-3 and three at Titans, 8-3. and three. What This is a huge one. This is This is going to be a great game. Although we don't think so. Because we all took the Titans. This is this is kind of strange. Um, I guess if you're if you were going to say who was the better eight and three team, I don't think many people would take the Browns. They've got a very limited window of winning. The things have to go very a certain way for the Browns to win. I think the Titans have a it's weird to say, but I think they have the better quarterback, and I think they have the better pieces right now around that quarterback. In the past game, we both know these run games are amazing, but in the past game, the Titans take that. Um, so we all take the Titans. Lions 4-7 and seven at Bears 5-6. and six. Look, I have made the decision. I have been I have been consistent all year. I never take the Browns. And I'm sorry, Lee Cass. No, he's a Browns fan. I am sorry to any Browns fan out there fan out there but I was saying at the in the beginning when they were winning that they were a fraud and we would find out and now they now we know they are um, and the other reason especially this week I went against the Bears is because Matt Nagy came out and roasted the defense roasted the de- not only is the defense clearly frustrated that they have to play as many snaps as they are the amount of game that they are because the offense is absolutely listless it's horrible it's offensive to the eyes the, the, so the defense is that and then when the defense starts giving up points because they're tired because they're playing so much. Then their head coach, who's an offensive guy. So already the defense is like, yeah, we don't really respect you as much as we would a Bill Belichick or even like an Andy Reid who knows both sides of the ball. Um, but then he comes out and rips the defense, which is the only good part of your of your team. It's, it's a really bad look by the head coach. I think the defense gives them a little bit of an FU vibe this week. And so me... The captain and Smoove are all going to take the Lions. 
Uh, I don't know what Bales is thinking. But usually when I say that, guess what happens? Bears win. So congratulations to the Bears fans. Bengals 2-8-1 at Dolphins 7-4. This is a Joe Burrowless Bengals, so they're back to being horrible and terrible and uh, awful. So we all take the Dolphins. Jags 1-10 at Vikings 5-6. The Vikings are streaky. They're inconsistent, but they can be good. Something the Jags have not shown they can be. We all take the Vikings. Colts 7-4 at Texans 4-7. Bales and, and Smoove are going to take the Texans, uh, and the captain and myself are going to take the Colts. I, if you look historically, even when they had DeAndre Hopkins, when the Texans lost Will Fuller, things went to shit. Nothing was good. They're without Will Fuller, and they're not good anyway. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Colts there. Um... And so is the captain. Raiders six and five at Jets zero and eleven. You can't go with the Jets. There, I have this I, up and really until I will say next week. Up until next week, this is when I'll give up hope. I've been thinking the Jets can't go zero and sixteen. They're gonna win one. Almost all of them win one. There's been very few winless seasons by a team. But if they don't win in this week or next week, it's pretty much a, a, a done deal. It's a done deal that they're going on 16. So I'll give them hope, but they still suck. I don't think this is the, the week that they get that win because they're playing the Raiders who are pissed off and had a horrible game. And they've got John Gruden. So the Raiders are probably getting chewed on like beef jerky for the past week. And so they're going to come out on fire. So we all took the Raiders. Giants 4-7 and seven at Seahawks 8-3. and three. The Giants are without Daniel Jones. We all took the Seahawks. Rams 7-4 and four at Cardinals 6-5. and five. Here's another one. Uh, the captain and myself are going to take the Rams. Smooth Bales are going to take the Cardinals. The Rams have an incredible defense. And I actually think that the book is in its finale. There, it's three quarters of the way done to done being written on, especially this year. Just this year, I'm saying, you know, overall or career, but this year stopping Kyler Mur- Kyler Murray's running, and just kind of shutting down everything but the seven to eleven yard outs by DeAndre Hopkins, and I think the Rams will go ahead and take that. Jalen Ramsey has been having a hell of a year on number one receivers, especially if they're big and physical. So I think he has another good game and the rest of the, the Rams are just better. The Rams are just better. Uh, and uh, Smoove and Bales are, I guess, hoping that Kyler Murray finds the magic again. Patriots five and six at Chargers three and eight. Smoove is going to be the only one to take the Patriots here. This game is supposed to be close, and when it's a close game, that's when coaching really matters, and the Patriots have Bill Belichick. The Chargers have Anthony Lynn. Uh, so it's probably a good one for Smooth, but I, I'm just caught up in this whole Justin Herbert thing. and I, Maybe he makes – he's been playing really well, but I don't think he has a statement game, and he would have like eight statement games if Anthony Lynn wasn't his head coach. But he hasn't really had one. I think this is it. 
And so do the captain and Bales, who also took the charges with me. Bales takes the charges every week, as a true fan should. Really proud of him for doing that. But this should be a great game, and I, I, I hope I get to watch it. Eagles, 3-7-1 at Packers, 8-3. The Eagles are an absolute disaster, speaking of offensive to the eyes. Um, them and the Bears should be relegated to just playing out on a high school field that nobody knows where it is. It's surrounded by trees, surrounded by uh, military-controlled airspace, so no one ever gets to see it. We all took the Packers because they're an actual decent team, good team. Broncos, 4-7 and seven at Chiefs, 10-1. and one. We all took the Chiefs. Come on now. Even with the Broncos having a quarterback, still the freaking Chiefs. Washington football team at the Steelers, 4-7 and seven against 11-0. Look, people are way too hard on the Steelers. Yes, they looked terrible against the Ravens. The Ravens looked terrible. Uh, since when were we like... Uh, no, you have to beat a team by 30 to be, have it be a legitimate win. You can't just win. You have to win by a lot. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The Steelers have had the... I mean, obviously now the 49ers take the cake for the most difficult circumstances with COVID. Other than that, the Steelers are a close second. And then after that, it's a huge drop off to everybody else who are dealing with the same things. The Steelers have had so many games moved so many times with so much uncertainty in their schedule that throat that hurts athletes always. And you can say that's weak, but that, but it does. It's not an excuse. It's a reason. And it happens Everywhere. It's not just the Steelers, it's everyone. The Patriots, if that had happened to them, would not have played well. So uh, you, you give credit where credit is due, and that is winning the games that you've played. Enough with this bullshit, they're a terrible undefeated team. Nobody thinks that they're the 72 Dolphins. Nobody's saying they're the greatest team in NFL history, but they're undefeated, so shut the hell up. Uh, we all take them over the Washington football team. Monday Night Football, Bills 8-3 at 49ers, 5-6. We're all going to take the Bills. Look, I I think the 49ers are starting to come back a little bit, starting to find themselves a little bit after basically being left for dead uh, with basically no one on their team anymore. But the Bills, the 49ers have to move. It's their first game after moving. The Bills are coming in back to the same place that they they lost the, the Hale Murray on. And I think they're going to have a bad taste in their mouth that they want to clean out. And uh, they're the better team. They've been playing very well. They've been playing better. And they have the more talented roster, the more talented team that they can put on the field right now. So we all take the Bills. And then Tuesday, hopefully this one happens. Ravens 6-5 and five at Cowboys 3-8. and eight. Bales is going to go ahead and take the Cowboys. Maybe he's banking on a bunch of COVID stuff. Uh, the captain, Smooth, and myself, we're all, we're all going to bank on John Harbaugh either uh, having everybody back or complaining to the NFL and manipulating them into letting him play when he wants it to be played, just like he did against the Steelers. So we're going to go ahead and take the Ravens. And there you go. That's one thing in a winner for week 13. Now I want to end it with some fantasy football talk, getting back to helping you guys out. No one cares! But y'all don't say that.
I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. There you go. Thank you, sir. There you go. There you go. There you go. We always start fantasy football talk with the injury report. Out, doubtful, and questionable. Here we go. People who we know are out, and this is just for Sunday. Josh Jacobs, Kenny Galladay, out. Doubtful, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is leaning more towards out than doubtful. Questionable. This is the worst designation in football and fantasy football. We all know that. Questionable. Tua. Matthew Stafford. Although he has the same... They still have him listed with a thumb, and he played last week with a thumb. So, looking like he's going to play. DeAndre Swift, hopefully coming back. Allen Robinson for the Bears. Todd Gurley and Julio Jones could both be out. That would be bad news for the Falcons. Carlos Hyde, questionable for the Seahawks. Cam Newton for the Patriots. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire for the Chiefs. All questionable. Now, what we'd like to do is give you bad matchups and good matchups. I'm a more of a get the bad out of the way, end with the good guy. So I'm going to start with the bad matchups here. Deshaun Watson. Uh, I don't love Deshaun, Watts, Deshaun Watson's matchup against the Colts. The Colts getting a lot of their defensive guys back that they were missing last week for COVID reasons. And Deshaun lost Will Fuller, like I said earlier. So I don't like Deshaun Watson this week. DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins, like I talked about, he's got a matchup with Jalen Ramsey, so I don't love that. Kyler Murray, by extension, I don't think he gets the running going. And uh, I'm not going to say DeAndre Hopkins doesn't have a catch, but it's going to be a lot harder for Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. And then anybody on the Steelers' offense. I know I just went on a rant about the Steelers, but they're playing a decent Washington football team, and they they are playing two games in five days. That is not easy, especially after they missed their bye week and their half bye week, losing Thursday night football. They're going to be tired. They're going to be frustrated. They're probably going to be a little sloppy, even though Mike Tomlin's trying to yell at them to get them going. Uh, I think they have a hard time against the Washington football team who has a dis- have a decent defense. So that's bad matchups. Let's get to some good matchups. Nick Chubb, the Browns against the Titans. Jeffrey Simmons is out for the Titans. He is their Best interior defensive lineman, their run stuffer, their big playmaker on the inside. He's out. Nick Chubb, I think, runs wild. Devontae Adams against the Eagles. Darius Slay, their shutdown corner. He is questionable with a calf injury. So even if he plays, he is dealing with something. And Devontae Adams roasts healthy cornerbacks. Now he's got one who they're probably going to put on him anyway, even though he's questionable. He's going to have a good day. Like I said, Alvin Kamara, they're going to put him right in front of Taysom Taysom Hill. All he has to do is wave his hands. He'll see it. Taysom Hill throws it down. And I think there will be an an emphasis on getting him going. How about Mike Gesicki for the Dolphins? Uh, Again, the Dolphins have a match up with the Bengals. Bengals have a one of the some of the slowest linebackers I've ever seen. Mike Gesicki will eat them up. Zach Pascal of the Colts playing the Texans. Texans bad secondary. Pascal is kind of their um, 
their middle guy. So I think he'll have a, a decent game. And then Henry Ruggs. Look, the Jets have been just selling out against the run and letting whatever happen up, 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 over the top of their defense. Um, that's Ruggs. So those guys are going to have good matchups. Make sure you keep an eye on all of them and uh, go ahead and put them in your lineup. Put your faith in me. But with that, that is episode 138. Couple of things to look out for. Us getting back to the NFL reaction show. Hopefully we'll get back to that after this week. And then like I mentioned earlier, the three post three quarter season poll results. Gotta find a better name for that. But that's gonna happen next week when Smooth is back. So look out for both of those things. In the meantime, Find us, Twitter at bold underscore nonsense, Instagram, bold.nonsense, or email us at boldnonsensepodcast at gmail.com if you really want to start a conversation with us. Expect the show, this show, the flagship show on Saturdays. So hopefully you're listening to that on Saturdays. If not, go ahead and listen on Sundays. We are your weekend. Listen, your Saturday side piece, hopefully. Um, find us on iTunes and Spotify. Those are the best places there. And then look for the NFL Reaction Show. That usually comes out Tuesdays, maybe Wednesdays. Um, so Wednesday is kind of that that break, that middle of the week. No, no games to react to. No game too early to preview. So that's your time to listen to us. With that, for at Still Smooth, much love. I'm at Walt Disney. If you love it, love us. And this is the Bold Nonsense Podcast Network. This is the flagship show, Bold Nonsense Podcast. This is episode 138. This is your invitation to buckle down and get your Christmas shopping done and get in the Christmas season, the Christmas gratitude, the Christmas feeling. Because it's coming and we're going to have a great Christmas season. And this is your invitation to stay senseless. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Thank you very little. I hate goodbyes. It's over. Go home. Go.